It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast presented by GetUpside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. I am Marcus Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Uh, and Landon, we didn't get to everybody's Twitter questions yesterday, so we're going to try to answer some more today. Uh, how does that sound? Sounds good. You know, unfortunately, uh, we are very long-winded, and by we, I mean me, uh, very long-winded, so we don't get through a lot of these questions. So oh, I'm going right. to shut up now, and we'll, let's get through a bunch of these. Uh, all right. First question, and this is a good one from Chris. Do you see the Cowboys investing a third or fourth round pick in quarterbacks anytime soon? Seems like we've gotten lucky with UDFAs and fourth round quarterback hits. Would you like to see the Cowboys give that position a little bit more attention? You know, maybe, uh, but I think at this point, you know, you have a quarterback who's on a big long-term contract. And when you do that, you you really need to be hitting on all those, obviously those early, but certainly those middle round uh, uh, draft picks because you need to backfill your team. You need to fill your team with, with, you know, cheap, talented players. And that the draft is obviously the best way to do that. So I think you have a quarterback. You've got a guy who you probably even like a little bit as your backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think the the kind of Ron Wolf idea of cycling quarterbacks in is a good idea. But I think maybe what you do is you 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 reach a little bit deeper in the pocket. You you go a little bit later rounds and find some maybe with some upside with some athletic tools because I think trying to spend those middle round picks on guys like that is going to rob you of the opportunity of getting cheap, talented labor at other positions that you need it. Yeah, I think. Drafting a quarterback in the third round seems too early, right? Yeah. I, I just, that should be a guy that contributes right away. Like we saw this year with Osa and we saw this year with Chauncey Golston. Like those are guys they have to play in. You're hoping by year two, year three, those guys are starters. So I don't think you can do that. Fourth round is when it starts to, be, to become palatable, right? Like if you're drafting a guy at 120 and you really like him, I get it. And maybe that's the answer, Landon. It probably depends on the prospect, right? Like probably. you're not drafting a quarterback just to draft one. You're drafting a guy in the fourth round because you had a, a high second round grade on him and something like that. Like, I think that's the only way that you do this. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, if there's an exception, there's, there's somebody that falls that yeah. is incredible value that you really like. Obviously you can pull the trigger there. It's just, you know, I, I think the kind of general standing rule of drafting a quarterback, you know, just to kind of see what happens you know, that may be a, a, something that is a luxury for teams that are, aren't up against the cap or trying to negotiate yeah. the cap yeah. the way the Cowboys are. So I just feel like you shouldn't necessarily waste those picks. But if you've got, if you got a guy like, pull the trigger. If the Cowboys do draft a quarterback, let's say on day three, this year or next year, I think you and I are probably both looking for the same type of quarterback, right? Like we're probably done with the Ian Book type. That's an example. Like the 
quarterback who is adequate size, adequate arm strength, and is just a pocket passer. We're probably swinging for the fences at that point, right? Draft a guy with tools that, hey, traits, yeah, tr- tools and traits. Three years down the line, if everything hits, that's a you know franchise quarterback. That's that's what I'm probably gambling on, right? Well, I mean, yeah, especially like I said, because you have your quarterback currently, and you have a guy that you like as your backup. So uh, th- your third quarterback should be someone who has a lot of traits and a lot of tools that you're kind of developing and hoping to get something out of, not necessarily yeah. a-, a guy with like a high floor that you're hoping that you won't have to use. Correct. Uh, and worst case scenario, you turn him into a tight end like the Washington football team <laughs> did with Logan Thomas, or the yeah. Eagles are doing with Tyree Jackson. Honestly, it's it's not a not a bad strategy. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, and this is a, another good one. It's a, kind of about the draft. This one's from at Jones's babysitter, which is funny. Uh, with Tony Pollard signed with one more year left on his contract and Ezekiel Elliott for what only should be one more year, do the Cowboys consider drafting a running back in, in this draft? And where would you start to consider grabbing one? Yeah, I mean, I think they have to consider it. Um, you know, I, I would say. I would not spend like above really like a third round pick uh, at day, the three. Spot. day three. Yeah. Day three is probably what I'm thinking. I, right. I actually think I mean, fourth, fifth round, like where you got Tony Pollard, that's kind of a sweet spot to grab running backs anyways. Like you can get some really talented guys in that range. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think, and there's a lot of those kind of, you know, specialty guys this year too, the seemingly sure. and, 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 you know, I think if you're looking to replace somebody like, you know, that's going to be your future number one running back or, or a guy that you think is going to get the bulk of your carries. I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that that's necessarily someone who you're going to draft this year. Maybe you draft someone who could develop into that, but I, I think it's, it's sort of like quarterback in the sense that you kind of have what you are going to use next year. You kind of yep. have hopefully an idea of uh, what the future is, or at least you're not drafting the future at the position in the fourth round necessarily. So find a guy with some traits that you like, or maybe a special trait that you specifically want to take advantage of and then take them there and see if you can deploy them in interesting ways that uh, complement the rest of your guys. Yeah. You can find guys on day three all the time that can fill roles. And I know a lot of people are wondering, why don't the Cowboys just wait, let Tony Pollard hit free agency, let, you know, cut Ezekiel Elliott and then draft your running back next year. I don't think it's a bad idea to grab somebody on day three, kind of get them in the system for a year. And that way, when let's say both of those guys do leave 2023, you have a guy that knows the system, has some experience, and then you spend another, let's say, a top 125 pick and pair those two guys together. I think that's the optimal way to build your running back room. I mean, honestly, I mean, just looking around the league, no, all, very few teams are using one running back. So you need I, multiples of these guys. So you might as well have one guy now that's already in the system, like you said, and then – when you bring in another guy next year, that there's your two. I I completely agree. I don't want to turn this into a running backs discussion because you know people are just. Rolling I know you their don't. Right. Yeah. yeah, people are rolling their eyes right now. But I I would not hate it if the Cowboys drafted a guy on day three. And I started to watch some guys this morning at the running back oh position. Goodness. I think you're going to be excited. There's some there's some good options there on day three. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As fo- football continues March through the Super Bowl, uh, we've got March Madness coming up here in a few weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. 
BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, all right, next question from John. Besides Micah Parsons, which player do you predict will have a breakout season for the Cowboys next year? From the from last year's draft class, I should add that in there. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I hate to go down the line, but I, I think Kelvin Joseph is a guy that we saw at the end of yeah. the year that that had some uh, positive snaps, showed you some positive things. Uh, I, and I'm, you know, I, I would assume that he's looking to kind of build upon what he started at the end of the year uh, going into next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, th- I mean, I, not to take two from you, but I think Osa is also a guy that is similar, right? Got a lot of yeah. snaps, maybe at the early part of the season and kind of faded at the end. But I think, you know, uh, whatever you get these guys who kind of get like a little sampling of snaps, uh, th- those are the guys that you really look out for, for a big jump there in year two. And I'm assuming that those two are going to be candidates for that. And I have to mention Jabril Cox. I know he's coming off yep. the torn ACL, but there's, a lot of snaps available to him, right? Yeah. We think Leighton Van Der Esch is going to leave. Keanu Niels, I would be shocked if he's coming back. Uh, you're just going to have a lot of snaps available at that position. So if Jabril Cox can be healthy, I think he's going to play and play a ton. And I think he's just a good fit in Dan Quinn's defense. There's tons of opportunity for, for all these young players, obviously. So there's tons. If, if, it's just for them to take the, grab the brass ring in the offseason. I, I agree. Uh, next question is from Matt. Um a long-time listener. He wants to know, is there a dark horse candidate for a position the Cowboys could draft at number 24? We've been talking about guards. We've been talking about linebackers. Could you see them going in a different direction? Uh, you know, I I think if if there was a defensive tackle that they liked, I would not be surprised if they, if they went that route. If it was like a pass-rushing defensive tackle, maybe not specifically like a nose tackle. Like if they liked Wyatt enough, is it, is it Wyatt the Georgia yep, kid? Devontae Wyatt, yeah. Yep. If they liked Wyatt enough, then I, I would not be surprised if he was a, a, an option at 24, just looking at what his skill set is and, and and the value as a, of, of pass rushing defensive tackles and, the frankly, the lack of them in this class. Uh, I think that's somebody that could be, you know, an outsider. And we talked about offensive line. We talked about linebacker, um, you know, wide receiver. You know, yeah, certainly, the, I mean, yeah. I, I think you have to think about it because, I mean, we, we don't really know what's going to happen with Cooper. We certainly don't know what's happening with Cedric Wilson. The room is very bare as we speak. So uh, until the more names pop in there, you have to at least put wide receiver on that list. Cornerback? I mean, that'd be really rich, right? Like, I, I think so. I mean, especially considering – you have three top Josh. 90 picks yeah, already in the last two years, right? I mean, the they, they were going to draft Sertan or Horner if they were available. Does, how much do you need another outside corner? I, I don't know. Can one of those guys play in the slot? I don't really want Kelvin Joseph playing in the slot, but I don't know. I don't know. They, they were going to draft Sertan and Horn before they had drafted Joseph and, and Wright, you know? So they've added two more, two more top 90 picks at the position – I just wonder if I mean there is obviously no such thing as having too many corners. I totally agree with that, but I do think there is such thing as spending too much high resources at one spot and, and not kind of spreading the love there a little bit. That one's tricky for me because it's one of those positions where you can never have too many. And if the right cornerback prospect falls, I wouldn't hate it, but it does feel like you're spending a lot of resources at one spot in your defense. Unless you would think- 
Unless the plan he is just never trade, to sign right? well, or the plan is just never to sign corners to a second deal. And just <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. But even then, like it still feels like you have too many corners at that point, right? Like, I mean, too many guys that you you really know you want to make the team. So I, I would say at that point, if they drafted someone, look for you know them to offload someone like Anthony Brown, Anthony or, Brown Jordan or Jordan Lewis, Lewis or something. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, and I listen. I I went back and forth on the Anthony Brown one because you could save five million dollars if you move him. It's just not worth it. Like he's, he's he's solid. Yeah, and he can play in the outside and in the slot. He's got a bunch of experience. He rarely misses time. I'm not doing that for five million dollars. I'm not. If, if someone wants to overpay to trade for him, which you know, honestly, at this point, I I I don't think it's a stupid idea. Like a solid NFL cornerback for five million dollars a year. Like if somebody if offered you a fourth round pick, would you do that? I I think I'd think about it. If someone offered me a third, I'd do it. Like, you know, that's like, the I, I, point, right? A yeah. Fourth, so I'd have to think about it because it's, he's still a, a quality outside corner. A, a fourth round pick is a guy that might not contribute right away, but you are saving some money. A third rounder is due to heartbeat. Yeah. What about I mean, they'd have to, I, I think they'd have to do a third rounder for, for me to pull the trigger. For They're Lewis, probably. I'd probably bump it down around, right? Fifth would be, eh. Fourth, I'd probably do. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, Although Lewis I and mean, Jordan Lewis is like your fourth corner or your third corner, and he's pretty cheap given you know the, his contract. I don't really want to give away those guys. Absolutely, and, and, and that's why you got to you're gonna have to pry it from me, you know. And 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 again, I I also think that this is still under the guise of drafting a guy in, in like you just mentioned. I don't know that I would necessarily turn around and trade Lewis or Brown without having drafted or knowing that I'm going to go into the draft. Drafting so you, you, you do that only after the draft, probably. Right. I don't do that sight unseen with not knowing exactly what Kelvin Joseph is going to be next year. Unless I also have another draft pick, a high, another high draft pick to supplement it. Unless you absolutely love nation. Right. And that could be the case as well. Like if they just say, Maybe. Hey, we, we love nation. He's going to be our third outside corner. We've got Kelvin Joseph. We can if we keep one of Brown or Lewis, that that's our slot corner. And we're good. Maybe that's the only way that you can do it. But maybe I don't know. Uh, all right, next question. Uh, this is from at Dynamite. He wants to know uh, the Cowboys led the league in penalties last year. No kidding. Thanks for reminding <laughs> us. Uh, Mike McCarthy said it's going to be the main focus in the offseason. The majority of the coaching staff is returning. So how are they going to get better? With penalties, are they going to get rid of players who are the biggest offenders, like Connor Williams and Randy Gregory, or will something else change? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm frankly, you know, I, I'm done talking about penalties because you know it's like you want to talk about coaching it. It's like how do you coach not to penalize? I, I mean, honestly, it's like. You, you teach better technique. You have these guys trust in their technique so they don't feel they need to cheat to try to, to get the, their jobs done. Or you, you don't ask these guys to do uh, the difficult kind of jobs that would require them to cheat. I mean, not cheat, but, you know, it's like uh, snatching a three technique from the backside guard, uh, you know, uh, when you're trying to get across his face and the guy's a better athlete than you and you, you happen to get your hand outside on the shoulder pad. It's like, I don't know, man. I, I just think – Honestly, the way the and, and and again going back to the larger point, NFL refereeing is terrible. Like it's it's the problem mm -hmm. here. Like not you know. So I I 
I have a hard time. I think honestly that that, that the players, like the, the coaches, just need to focus on working the technique better, making them more confident in that technique, and that hopefully produces cleaner play, and it hopefully that thereby produces less penalties. I think if you focus too much on trying to uh, uh, you know soften away the edges to uh, pr- completely prevent all penalties, you lose the edge that you need in order to to win the game. And if you're chasing the dragon of trying to, you know, uh, uh, play a completely clean game in the eyes of these referees in the NFL, uh, you're going to be kind of constantly chasing your tail on that because the 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 variety from uh, referee group to referee group, from team to team, is so wide open that it's it's not even really worth your time. I agree. Uh, now, what you do, coach, is you work on pre-snap stuff. Like you don't. Yeah line up offsides. You make sure that you don't have a legal formation. And when you're running pick routes, you're not actually touching the guy. Like that's the kind of stuff that you can work on, but whether or not you get called for holding or hands to the face, when you have hands to the face on every single place, I don't it's, know. It's it, kind of, it's hard it, to work on that stuff. It's honing technique, man. It's like, you know, like cause if you go into a, a, a practice period, let's practice not doing penalties. Like what does that even look like? Yeah. Penalties, penalties are, your time. You're you don't wasting have that your much time. practice time anyways, so don't just, waste just it doing that stuff. Focus on refining technique to the point where you either don't commit penalties because your technique is so correct that it's not penalty worthy, or or to the point where it's so effective that you don't feel the need to take that extra step of grabbing a guy outside his shoulder pads, yep. putting your hand up to his face, whatever it is, and then it becomes unnecessary. Uh, I 100% agree. Um, All right. Let's take one more break before we get to some more questions so we can tell you guys uh, about Built Bar. You guys know Built Bar. Built Bar is the absolute best. Uh, Built Bars are 100% covered in real chocolate with most Built Bars only containing 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Most candy bars contain like 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar. You're going to want to eat these because they taste so good and they're good for you. Uh, they have so many good flavors between mint brown and Brent brownie, excuse me, coconut, coconut almond. And the new flavor this month is white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and the new flavors are coming out all the time. Go to built.com and use promo code lock 15 and to get 15% off your next order. Use promo code lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. We also want to tell you guys about get upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every single gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. Cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making $200 to $300 a year just by using cash, uh, by using GetUpside. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That is promo code TOUCHDOWN. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, next question uh, from Matthew. Can you guys elaborate on the cap situation more? I thought we could restructure Amari Cooper's contract and others to help create a lot of cap space. Why are they potentially to maybe trying to get rid of guys like Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence? Um, all right, we'll set this up. Going into the offseason, they are like 20 million, 21 million over the cap. So they've, they've got to make some moves, and they do have a bunch of free agents, including Gallup, Connor Williams, Leighton Vanderush, Dalton Schultz, J. Ron Curse, like Randy Gregory. They, they probably have to clear, what do you think, 40 million of cap space? That sounds right. Yeah. All right. They have moves they can make. And let's let's go through a few of them really quickly. They're going to restructure Dak Prescott's contract. I'm not sure if they've even done it yet, but they will do it. That's yeah. 15 million. Yeah. They could cut Amari Cooper and it would save him 16 million. Or they could restructure him and it would save 12 and a half. I think that's an obvious one. I would restructure him. We'll see what the Cowboys do. They could they could cut Demarcus Lawrence and save eight million. I, I don't think that makes a lot of sense. Or they could restructure him and save twelve million. I think that one's pretty obvious as well. They have other things they could do, Liam. They could restructure Zach Martin. They could restructure Tyron Smith. They could cut say, Tyron what? Smith seems like the most obvious one because his deal is actually up in twenty twenty three, if I'm not mistaken. So you could really just put all that money into. NLBTs or something, or or make just guarantee it all as a signing bonus to him, maybe. Yeah, so he's got a void year in 2024, so he has two yeah. years left. He's still only making like eight percent of your cap. Like you could, you can restructure that. And actually, our our good friend Joey was pointing out. I bet you the Cowboys feel pretty good about the way that Tyron's season went. Yes, he missed time, but it wasn't because yeah. of the neck of the back, right? That's yeah, and and that was a really good point by uh, Joey that he mentioned it to us yesterday, and 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 I think that that's something that got missed in kind of the <clears throat> you know postseason uh, uh, autopsies, right? Is that Tyron Smith missed some time? There's no doubt, but it was all because of his ankle, not because of any back or neck injuries. That is a very big positive, I think. Uh, I so, mean, uh, yeah, he had, I he feel had what, bone spurs. Was it bone spurs or high ankle sprain? I don't remember. Well, I think what it was is that they said it was bone spurs, but it really was a high ankle sprain. Uh, and, and, okay. and they were tr- trying to kind of just. Which is a big deal. I mean, that's a, that's a tough injury, but. But it's also just a, a one-off thing. It's not. Yeah, he's not going like, to have yeah, surgery. Chronic, yet, right? Yeah, right. exactly. So remember, Tyron was coming off of pretty serious neck injury or neck surgery yeah. this offseason. I'm willing to bet this is probably the healthiest he's been. You know, like he'll, this is the healthiest he'll ever be going into like May and June, right? Yeah, probably the com- most comfortable he's felt going into an offseason, I imagine. I mean, his ankle probably doesn't feel too good, but uh, as far as the rest of him goes, he probably feels pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised, like, honestly, if they found a way to maybe extend him a little bit or or, or throw another or year in there. Add, because, add another void year in there? Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, he's, he's you know, he, he looks to be – when he's healthy, he looks like Tyron Smith. Yeah. Uh, and he's not, if you're not having to worry about necessarily that same kind of missing three games because of back and neck issues, uh, I think that that's, that makes it worthy. And especially now that you've got a guy like Terrence Steele, you know, so, so you have like some kind of, you know, backup there, you have a plan there. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, that's a guy that they should definitely consider. 
just pointing this out. Restructuring Dak Prescott and restructuring Tyron Smith gets you under the salary cap, and you actually have about $2 million to spend, just those two moves alone. Obviously, they're going to have to make some more moves, whether that's, you know, maybe they do trade Anthony Brown and save $5 million, or maybe they see about restructuring Demarcus Lawrence and saving $12 million there. I just don't see the need to cut one of your top seven or eight players for cap space. Like there's other ways you can get around this. It's it's not that hard. Well, especially since you feel like restructure. I mean, I understand the idea that when you restructure them, you're kind of extending them, but especially when restructuring will almost do the same thing. It seems like for uh, Cooper than it will for cut them cutting them, you know, or I mean, it's like $4 million difference. I think I'd rather have, I'd rather not have that $4 million and have Cooper than, you know, the other way around, in my opinion. Exactly. Um, they are going to have to make the tough decisions. And I, I, I do think one of Lawrence or Cooper's probably not going to be here. The other's probably going to see their contract restructured. It's just going to bug me out because I, 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 listen, if it came down to me having to pick between the two, I probably would keep Lawrence and try to trade Amari because I got to believe there's people out there or teams out there that would love to have Amari, even at his current cap number. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a dearth of top end wide receiver talent. And if the Cowboys don't want to pay that money, I'm sure somebody does. I mean, it's not that outrageous of a contract, especially when you're looking at what, you know, wide receivers are going to be being paid coming up. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you could trade, you could trade Amari, um, in the next couple of weeks and the team that would get him would get him on a deal for like 16 million a, a, a year. If I'm Jacksonville and I have a bunch of money, why not? Or if I'm the chargers, like, can you imagine him with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? And they've got all this cap space. So they got the most cap space in the league. Why not go and do something like that? Especially since Cooper's not really old. You no, know? he's twenty-seven. So he's, he's got he's got plenty of years left. So yeah, it's not like a, a team that's like rebuilding or whatever, or you know, trying to build up. Like it's not like they couldn't trade for him because he's too old to you know to kind of be part of a, of a young nucleus. He's 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 right at that age where he could be a, a young veteran on the, one of those. All teams. right, so let's let's say the Cowboys decided, hey, we're keeping Lawrence and we're moving on from Cooper. What would be fair to request back in a trade? Because it's probably not going to be a – you're not going to get a first-round pick from Amari. You're probably not even getting a second-round pick. Do you think like a day three pick is what you'd probably get in return for Amari? Oh, I'm not doing it for a day three pick. I, I mean, I'd rather keep him. <laughs> well, I, like, I mean, I listen, I'd rather keep him regardless too. But if you've, if you've already made it up in your in your mind that, hey, we're moving on from Cooper one way or the other, is, is that probably all you'd get? If it's a day three pick, I'm going to need it from like the Jaguars or like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I want like, to be a you're going to be the top third round pick. Yeah. I'm serious. Like I, I just, it's not worth the juice isn't worth the squeeze to me. Uh, if, if it's for a third, a, like a middle or low third round pick, it, it needs to be higher than that. I, I hate that. I'm going to ask you this question. Cause I, I hate it. Uh-huh. Would you re- rather <laughs> keep Amari Cooper and restructure Ezekiel Elliott's contract or leave Zeke's oh, contract wow. alone wow. and get rid of Cooper. Uh, I don't know. Is Zeke willing to play some fullback for me? Um, if you restructure Zeke's contract, you basically couldn't get out of it for another two more years. Hmm. 
He would I be don't know. 29 I, I years don't old know. by then. Yeah, I, I think that's that's hard. That's hard to do. Um, I think I don't know that I could do that. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that either. Uh, it's going to be a tough off season for the Cowboys, but it's not impossible, right? They can keep a lot of the guys they want to keep. They can they can make some moves. Yes, they're probably going to lose a couple guys that we really like. Probably Dalton Schultz, Randy Gregory is going to be here. I'm I'm, I'm not. I too feel pretty about certain that. about that. Um, yeah, but it's not going to be perfect. There, I. Here's my problem, man. There's just no way that next year's roster is going to be more talented than this year's, right? I think as far as like, yeah, I mean, top to bottom, no depth, no, probably not. I mean, just because you got so many guys who are on unusual yep. contracts last year that were on, you know, the Randy Gregory situation is odd. And, you know, just a couple of those kind of situations that were just really in your favor. Uh, and, and you just now you're you're kind of really feeling the brunt of that of that a heavy quarterback contract. And and then on top of that, you've got guys that were free agents. So yeah, it's, it's not likely to be a yeah. better, more talented roster. Now it, here's the way that it could be. If Dak Prescott's healthy, if Micah Parsons takes another leap in year two, if CD lamb, you know, truly, truly breaks out in year three. And then you have a couple other guys, you know, yeah. pop, whether it's Jibril Cox or Kelvin Joseph, as we mentioned at the top, or maybe you know some the Bill Gallimore all of a sudden in year th- three it looks really good. That's how the roster could be comparable. But as we stand now, it's going to be awfully hard for this team to be better on paper than they were this year. Yeah, I mean, again, let's let's not discount the idea that we can never predict how unpredictable these off seasons are. Yeah. Maybe some of these rookie players really take huge leaps, and in, in that kind of you know more than yeah. makes up for the losses. Sure, who knows? But yeah, I think as it stands right now, you're looking at the the roster going into the 2022 season uh, a little bit with wary eyes, especially when kind of comparing it to the 2021 season. It's true. Still might be one of the top three or four rosters in the NFC, which still could be absolutely, (laughs) which is kind of crazy, but uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with some more Cowboys news as we're getting some stuff coming in uh, as we speak. Uh, we'll be back on Friday with the, the preview of the Super Bowl. So make sure you guys are downloading the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Follow uh, the show on YouTube at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we'll see you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.